Someone who should be on everybody's radar, Maya Caldwell of the Atlanta Dream, is here to join us. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi there. Happy Thursday to you. I am Howard Magdal, founder and editor of The Next, where we cover women's basketball 24-7, 365 at thenexthoops.com. I want to thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your daily first listen Every day, you can subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts on YouTube as well. Make sure you're listening. We are bringing you the stories that matter. And I'm not sure there is a WNBA story that matters more to those of us paying close attention to the league than the emergence of Maya Caldwell. Maya has just been doing incredible work with the Atlanta Dream. Uh, She joins us here. And Maya, when you thought of what the 2022 season could be, knowing there are no guarantees, knowing you're going to have to push for a roster spot. Has this exceeded even what your expectations were coming into the year? Exceeded most definitely. I was not expecting my first WNBA season to look like this Um, so far. I'm on my my second dream. Mm -hmm. And it's it's definitely something that I'm trying not to take for granted. Um, being in and out of Atlanta, at first it seemed wasn't part of the plan. Plan was you know make the team, be on the team consistently throughout the season. But still being able to come back whenever they call and help out and be the best I can be. So when it comes to this type of edge of the rosters. And if you'll forgive a point of personal privilege, and we'll, we'll get into the numbers as to why it matters. There's there's no question in terms of production, in terms of what you bring, in terms of the way the dream uh, value and think of you, that you deserve a regular spot in this league. This is a league that needs places for players the caliber of Maya Caldwell, right? But how is your family in terms of the ability to support you? I know they've gotten to see and experience as well. But like, what what is that for you as a support network? What are those conversations like? And how do they help you navigate? You know, what are difficult waters for anyone? My family has kept me sane throughout this process. Um, they support me and love me, but they also push me and they need to do more and, and when I need to do less. And if, you know, I'm just not, doing um they're very straightforward very blunt but they're very caring um my parents might be wearing as parents should be um but between them the blings they they have held it down they have really carried me throughout this journey so that journey and and for those who may not know Uh, You signed a hardship contract back on June 19th. You come in and have an epic game. And uh, the great Gabriella Lewis, who writes for us over at thenexthoops.com, wrote about it. But to be able to come and 
have that that burst of success the way you did. Take me through. You're on the court. It is happening. Are you able in that moment to think about how special that is? Or if not, when did you first get to reflect on it? And <laughs> there were moments in the game where honestly would feel like tears of joy kind of. Huh. Um, I had to, you know, keep, keep my composure, but, but I was just so excited. Every three I hit, every play I made, every floor, like, like the coaches trusted me with scores in the league, Arike, like, yeah. From the time I stopped, like flew into Atlanta, um, to stepping off that court after that first, a dream, ironically. <laughs> I mean, um, it it was like you're talking about the way in which you felt about it. So we're in the business of covering, right? And so we have to sort of have a certain distance, and we're trying to get a sense of you know, all right, you know give people a sense of what it meant um, and separate from that. But at the same time, you know, for those of us who have uh, seen the type of player you are in college, in high school, the way in which we know you had to fight for this, to see that moment, I, I just let people understand what that was. You finally got a chance. It's June 21st, 2022. You made seven of 11 field goals. You made four of five threes, 18 points, Four assists, two steals. You're defending Arike Agumbawali, one of the most difficult players to defend one-on-one. -on -one. And it was a statement win. It was the type of win that, with you guys fighting for a playoff spot, could well be the difference between reaching the playoffs and not doing so. But I guess the other side of it, as I'm, as I'm talking to you about it, is five days later, the seven-day ends – and even though you've proven yourself, your time temporarily in Atlanta comes to an end. How many people do you think would have been capable of rolling with it the way you have? And like, how did you deal with that? Knowing you, you showed you belong and trying to deal with the ramifications of that five days later. It's not easy on the mind. <laughs> Um, going home, but, but I understood that I mean, I am a very spiritual person. Like what God has for me is for me, and mm -hmm. I have nothing to worry. About. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, whether that's in Atlanta or back home in Charlotte, training and work. And I trust, I trust His plan. I trust the process completely. I just more work to be done. And I knew God was saying, you know, not yet. Be patient. So that's what I, that's what I wrote with. That's how I kind of wrote with everything. Do you enjoy feeding off of people underestimating you? You go back and you look and I see that, I, I think it was the Hoop Girls Top 100. They had you 76th, which is, you know, very amusing to those of us who saw you play and understood that there's no chance there were 75 players ahead of you in that group, right? Do you, do you like to feed off of it? Or is it something that you kind of put aside and, and it doesn't affect your process at all? I don't pay any attention. I, it doesn't phase me. Um, mm -hmm. 
people are going to have that's just part of the game. It's just kind of what I think of myself. What else has to say? So June 26th comes, the first tenure ends, you go back to Charlotte. What's your day-to-day like as you were awaiting or hoping, you know, pre- you know presumably for another call? Uh, it's 6.30 in the morning at I and then love that man. <laughs> I'm going as a community health worker, like an outreach with behavioral um, health. Um, and then after that, I would go to a skills, do a little bit of downtime, and I would go to another skills workout. And I'll just repeat the same thing the next time. Wednesdays are like my recovery days. I would do more stretching, duty, um, chiropractor, cloud therapy stuff like that pretty set schedule two two, three workouts a day every single day um just coach told me to but you know effectively and again i i I just want to highlight this i want to point out you know that's a a grueling regimen and you're doing it without the promise of anything without a league spot without being paid by the league effectively you're subsidizing the league having additional professional quality players by yourself. It is something, again, if you'll forgive the point of personal privilege, it has to change, whether that's through larger rosters, whether that's through expansion. It's something that is, it's happening anyway, because you are not going to be denied. It is more just a question of, will the lead put that on you or is the lead going to be taking care of it yourself? I, I assume you see it the same way I do, right? Oh, yeah. This, I mean, as far as the league expansion, and like everything that has to do with that, that is, that's not in my control. Unfortunately, yeah. I would love to be able to just you know snap my fingers and then have people like my sister can't because the league is so small or there's not enough pay, you know, be able to play. What I can't control is the work that I put in, and I know that I'll be back. Like you said, made a statement. Um, so is now. So I want to get into more about the statement part two, because we got to talk about what happened last night and we got to talk about what's coming ahead. I also want to talk about your plans in the nonprofit sector, and we're going to get into all of that. I I am first going to let people know about betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check all your betting needs. And it's significant to us here at Lockdown Women's Basketball that they mean all. It's not just NFL, NBA. They have WNBA. They have women's college basketball. Uh, I'm not a wagerer myself, but I'm someone who is a firm believer in equality of opportunity. And it is important that betonline.net offers that for men's and women's basketball at the same time. Your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. So head to betonline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Betonline where the game starts. And so you are a person of many talents. I know uh, you play the piano. I would imagine it's difficult to get reps playing the piano these days between, you know, essentially your three workouts a day and your uh, on again, off again uh, work dominated on the WNBA court is, is how often you say you play the piano these days? Oh, these days I rarely play. Um, uh, I'm I'm too busy. I don't really want to 
pursue a career in. <laughs> so I just kind of play for fun. If I have some free time, I might use it real quick and just play. But when I was younger, we used my siblings and I used to have like week. So it's something I do enjoy. It's just like a little hobby there. Sure, sure. Under so right. And it's hard to take a piano on road trips, no doubt. But the yeah. uh the the nonprofit work and 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 this is a long held plan. I read an interview with you back in 2017 where you were talking about this right when you got to school. You graduate uh, from Georgia with a degree in communications. Um, didn't stop there. Uh, graduate studies in the nonprofit world. But take me through why. Why the nonprofit world has been a target of yours and how you see that developing for you and the ways in which you want to contribute. So when I was younger, I started an like a local nonprofit organization. Um, we, we simply collected canned foods, book bags, clothes, and we just searched it. And that's where I, I, that's where my passion for nonprofit, we're not getting back, but for giving. Um, and siblings and I, we really started to get into basketball and other sports over the summer to host these drives and travel the East Coast and stuff like that. So we put put it on pause. And since then, I've been wanting up, maybe put a little twist on it. But but um, but um, I feel like I might be getting closer to that. Uh, I'm not a degree in nonprofit management mm-hmm. but it, it started when i was young my mom is really big on just giving to the mom. i became really big on that as well just following her footsteps and watching her. So, so definitely something i'm really passionate about definitely something i am going forward to doing um and just waiting for the right time waiting for um so yeah yeah, it's in the process, it's in the works. The WNBA right now, obviously, but it's something. It, it, it's really interesting, I think, the way in which your successes and your platform could potentially lead to being able to do more on the nonprofit side as well. I guess I wonder to what extent uh, that drives you on the basketball court as well, just knowing that, you know, we see so many examples throughout the league uh, of players who are able to give back and who are able to amplify their giving back uh, by virtue uh, of being part of it. Is that does that come into play for you as you think about uh, you know the way in which you play here? College basketball has been my platform mm-hmm. as long as I played. Um, the connections that you make, networking through really I mean, in sports in general i feel like especially at this level at all they 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 set you up for you to do really anything you want to do because because you meet people who when it's just like i said networking so what's to not do what you really want to do outside of school at a higher level when you have these kind of connections yeah, no, it, it makes all the sense in the world. And so if I could take it back to the court, and we want to talk about this because, you know, again, you come out there last night and unlike the previous games, you're coming off the bench. 
Uh, you have not played in a WNBA game in over a month from June 26th through August 3rd. Well, all you did in a must-win game for the Atlanta Dream is put up another 10 points, six assists, seven rebounds, a steal, a block, you know, a box score stuffer, as uh, the parlance goes, uh, throughout it. What what was going through your mind as you get the um, you know the call to check back in and getting the opportunity to do this once again? Um, I was just like, let's go. <laughs> um, I'm ready. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I've been. I was ready to go. Um, the first time they called me, I was ecstatic. I was I was out in public, but the second time they called. You are a listed at five foot eleven, big guard with a plus defensive ability who hits fifty three point eight percent of your threes in the WNBA action so far. Two parts of that. Number one, how has that now changed the way you think about? where and what you want to do overseas? And number two, how significant do you think that is when you are figuring out your WNBA fit for next year when teams are calling, when you have the opportunity to get a more regular spot? Those are those are all skills in extremely high demand in this league. Um, overseas, I've committed to playing Israel this fall. Mm-hmm. I made up my this is just the type of player that I am so as far as playing over I go I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same I'm perform the same I'm gonna be the same as far as next year for the league I will be great whoever picks me up um This is what I expect for myself. This is the standard I hold myself to. I just would love for other coaches and players. Are you in that? That's fine. I'll keep grinding. But right now, I'm just focused, and we'll see about overseas and next year when we get there. You can't argue with the results. You can't argue with the numbers, and you can't argue with the effort every step of the way. So Maya Caldwell, I expect to be covering you in this league for a very long time, and I'm delighted to see it. Uh, Before I let you go, I just want to remind our listeners, we thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball the first listen every day. Um, It's interesting. It's something that I recently found out. There is apparently a league for men uh, called the National Basketball Association, you know, and apparently they play in Atlanta too. Um, Maya, is, is that true? Is there a team called the Hawks down there? Is that what they're called? I think so. I just heard okay. about them the other day, actually. They're actually pretty good on these seasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a, like a good good way to pass the time between WNBA seasons, the way I figure it. Yeah. And so if you want to follow them, uh, Locked on NBA gives you your latest on NBA updates and rumors in just 30 minutes every day. So once you've made sure you've listened to Maya's interview, yeah, go ahead and check it out. The NBA, very good too. Maya Caldwell, 
All the best of luck to you on and off the court. Looking forward to our paths crossing again soon. To our listeners, thank you for your time. The great Alex Simon will be talking to you tomorrow, and we'll be back next week with more interviews with the newsmakers and the people who are covering them. Until then, I am Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful Thursday. Our Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.